Hello and welcome to the Searching Tracks podcast. This is the podcast for people into esoteric music. And if you're not into it, I don't know how you found us. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. Uh, I like that description. That's I good. Mean, I think it's accurate. <laughs> We've been circling the drain privately uh, about the listenership because it's been growing and that's cool. Um, Definitely cool. Thank you. If you can, and if you can, please, you know, tell a friend, share the stuff, all that fun, you know, things that podcasts tell you to do, whatever, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, other than like, Hey, who listens to our podcast? People who were, are kind of, kind of touched and love music is, is the only answer I've come to. Yeah. I think it's people that, I mean, I think it's people that are like us in that they like going, they like rabbit holes. Yeah. Right. Like, like, uh, I've gone really deep on most bands that I have any interest in and I'm sure you're the same. And I feel Uh like based on what people are telling us about the records we've covered, they, they go down those rabbit holes as well. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need to rebrand and just be rabbit hole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Down, down in a hole. Um, (laughs) so, uh, today, today, today is one of these decompression episodes where we go through a lot of the feedback. We talk about our recent grip of, episodes we've done and you know i I actually i always have fun with these so thank you yeah we get a ton of feedback um if you're not following us on instagram or twitter um follow us at trackspod and write us your thoughts at trackspod at gmail.com um we get a lot of feedback and we love it and it's what keeps us going so every once in a while it's good to like bob said you know take a little breather kind of go over some of the feedback that we've gotten from you guys and yeah yeah it's a fun thing to do now before we get started i did have a question for you what's up um sort of off topic but we get domestic in here we're both suburban homeowners as has been discussed more than once on this podcast (laughs) um i i had a very weird behavior yesterday and i need to bring it to your your feet and uh, and get a ruling. Okay. You, you think you can do that for me? I can do that. Okay. I hope that can be so, helpful. So for people who aren't aware, it's been a very hot summer here in New Jersey. Uh, just abnormally warm. I don't know if you felt that way, but it's just been like when it's gotten hot, it just sits on us. We've been getting a lot of rain lately, so that's been breaking it up. But still, you know, um, it'll rain. The temperature will drop from 94 to 79 and then it'll bump right back up into the 90s so um humid yeah and humid yeah it sucks very humid so um so you know i've been trying to avoid the yard work when it's peak heat Um, yeah trying not succeeding all the time but you know so yesterday uh we got up early it was a sunday went for a walk on the what do you call that? The Manasquan boardwalk. It's not a boardwalk, but you know, yeah. went and walked along the beach uh, for a couple hours while I was there. My mom had messaged me and said, Hey, do you all want to come over for dinner and can go swimming at the pool at my uh, development? Bup, bup, bup. Sound like a good idea. Cause it was really hot and I didn't want to cook. So um, sounded good. Go do that. Ended up being kind of like an all day affair. We were over there for most of the afternoon and then into the evening. Uh, got home at about 7.15. By that time, Pete, 
it had cooled off. Sun wasn't out. It was, you know, starting to fade and it was a little bit overcast Mm -hmm. and it was solid in the seventies. And I was like, Ooh, so I look at my, my wonderful wife and say, Hey, do you think I should just mow the lawn right now? Cause it, (laughs) it needed it. Right. Yeah. And it's starting to get, it's starting to, it's starting to fade, you know, but, but she's like, yeah, you know, if you, if you do it right now, you'll probably be fine with light. And I go, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Do my thing. Like I, I wear these gloves. I swap out of my clothes into my like <laughs> junking around clothes. Wow. You know what I call lawn mowing gloves. Oh no, no. You know what I do is <laughs> I've had, uh, I've had all these weird issues with, uh, I, I just, I have outdoor gloves that I just wear all the time. Got it. So unless I'm doing something that, requires you know fine finger skills such as like pulling weeds i'll wear these gloves um just because they keep my hands will dry out you know any, any weird stuff can happen so i just wear the gloves i feel you it's it's like a, it's it, it also puts me in the mindset you know i get full on like all right i got some music or i got a podcast or something to listen to got my gloves on airpods in let's f- go yeah, now I feel like an amateur. I got to get some gloves. Yo, it feels good. I'll get. I'll send you the ones I got. I love <laughs> them. Um, so, <clears throat> with that, I get to business. Halfway through, it's like eight o'clock, mm-hmm. eight fifteen. It's starting to get dark, but it's. I got that glow, the light glow. Finishing the front yard, street lights are on. I'm like, hmm, this is a little weird. I'm mowing the lawn in, in kind of the dark. Finish the front, thankfully. Finish the front, finish the side. One side of my house, we have a rock lawn, so don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the backyard. Backyard's pretty big. Uh, push mower, but whatever. No big deal. Get to the back. It is almost pitch dark. I just finished the job. I keep going. Yeah. So I finished mowing the lawn at 9.15. Was this weird behavior? Yes or no? No, not no? at all. No, I mean, I think so. I in, a, in an ideal world, um, you are done before the sun goes down, obviously. But I think you know it's it's not as hot at that point in the day, so it makes total sense. I'm all okay. about it. Okay, so you're in. I do think it's weird behavior. Here's the other, but I but I mean, I'm fine. I, I'm a pretty weird human. Um, was I being a good neighbor or a bad neighbor? Uh, nine is nine is fine. I 10, think nine is fine. Ten o'clock, nine, th- even nine thirty. Let's let's be conservative That's the about this. Full cutoff, right? Yeah, right nine thirty is the cutoff. And don't live close enough that it's like I'm within five feet of someone's house. Like, yeah, the person, the people who live next door to me, they hear the ambient sound of a, a lawnmower going. But I'm not, I'm not, ru- they could be watching a movie in their house. I'm not ruining their time. You know what yeah. I mean? No, it's all good. All right. All right. Well, you've made me feel a lot better. I then proceeded to come inside because I was all, everyone else in my sleep, in my house was asleep. I was all gacked up. I took a shower. I did all the laundry. I was like, I was in full productive mode last night. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things. I, I think I felt good. I slept hard, but then I woke up and was like, all right, I'm just going to chill today. But I had a bunch of weird chores to do so do you wear the gloves when you do laundry no 
But if you want to hear the weird thing, I wear other gloves when I do laundry. <laughs> I wear wow. uh, I wear like nitrile gloves when I, I do don't laundry. know anything about this the glove thing I love it no you know why because my hands will get super dry I see um, and uh, when I do laundry they'll get super dry even right now my hands are pretty dry um, but they'll get super dry and then I'm touching all the fabric and blah 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 and they'll just start cracking and I'll get my fingers will split real bad. Got it. That shit sucks. See, I'm a masochist. Like my my hands get dry. I just I don't even I just don't even think about it. I feel like they've been that way my entire life. So it's just I, I was that way for so long, <clears throat> and I used to you know I was a screen printer. I did all that, so my hands were just uh, crippled. Had um, crazy blisters, soaked in chemicals half the time, um, and just in the last few years, I've been noticing this, and I'm less because uh, the other stuff that I do is, you know, like, oh, I'm typing. I'm doing this with my f- fingers. And then if I can't do that comfortably, I just become like a quarter human. Like it sucks. I feel and then it. I'm like a weird baby about it. So I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah. So wear the gloves. I mean, it's funny how we started this podcast saying if you aren't interested in music, you know, like how'd you find us? But I think this is might be our new niche is just like, like <laughs> dom- domestic stuff. Domestic, domestic uh, minutiae. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Maybe. So if you aren't here for, for <laughs> uh, niche music interest, uh, stay tuned for, for next week's trip to the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Uh, Pete, find the what, best deals. <laughs> yeah, coupon savers. Yeah. Um, why don't you kick us off? Because we got a ton of feedback to get through. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> as if you're, you know, I assume if you're listening to this, you've probably heard us before. If you haven't, typically we cover an album every week um, and just kind of deep dive it. So we have a lot of different comments from different people um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, But first, I wanted to just read a few kind of random comments that we got from people. Um, The first one is from Everyone Bleeds on Instagram. He said, y'all are crushing it. Really loving the input and the diversity of music selected. Thank you very much. Um, he said, I wanted to suggest a record that I'm sure y'all are well-versed in already overkill by motorhead. I'm definitely interested in hearing both of your insight on any record put out from quote, your favorite band's favorite band. Um, I thought that was interesting because it's, it's, it's a good recommendation because motorhead, a lot has been said about motorhead, you know? Yeah. And I feel like they're one of those bands that you and I have both, are super familiar with, but were we to go through this process of like deep diving it the way that we do, like, you know, who knows how that kind of pans out. All right. Do you have a favorite motorhead record? Um, I, I go to live motorhead records typically. Really? Yeah. I think, uh, Hammersmith is, is my Hammersmith go-to. is really good. Well, you know why it just comes out after all this, the, so to me, it comes down to Ace of Spades or Overkill. Yeah. I don't know if there's someone who might say Bomber. I'm sure maybe they're out there. Not, maybe. But I'm sure uh, they're, Bom- they're... Bomber's got some tracks. Um, here's what I think we do. Um, in search of tracks, uh, track V track, we do a comparison of Ace of Spades, Overkill, and Bomber. Wow. And basically go through the three records because to me, uh, Ace of Spades is like, holy shit. Like, 
Um, but then, but like I'm looking at, I was just looking at the track listing for Overkill, and it's pretty great. It's pretty great. And then, like, then, do we? I'm skipping the first album too. You know, like I think man, that's. I don't know that that's anybody's favorite though. I don't think it is either. But all right, you know what? I think. I think. Do we have the bandwidth to do three records? I can do it. Motorhead, I, I can do Motorhead, it. Motorhead, I can do it. And I think there's enough kind of hair splitting in this. Like I was looking at the track list of Overkill versus Ace of Spades. And then I flipped a bomber. I was like, damn. But to me, it's probably as we sit here now, I'm Ace of Spades, Overkill, Bomber is my order. I have. Um, it's been a very long time since I listened to those records. I'm not going to lie, because at this point, I go to like Orgasmatron if I'm going to listen to a record. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I know there's some wildcard people out there too, and like we've discussed this. Like, when is the last acceptable Motorhead record? Like, do they do they ever truly get lost? Like, I think there's a few records post Orgasmatron. It gets kind of funky, but yep. not not like ugly, but like. I, I don't know. I, have I don't, you heard Sacrifice from 1995, the 12th studio album? I have. I've heard all of them. All of them. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't oh, think. How they, could you not? I don't think they ever got bad. I mean, again, rabbit okay. holes. You know, and I'm yeah, not even. Uh, I'm not even like Joe Motorhead over here. I just, you know, they're they're an interesting band, but um, there are tracks I think on every Motorhead record, probably at least one or two. I think so too. You know, um, being the the kind of like the background of both of us, we, we were both into underground music and a lot of that punk, hardcore metal, etc. The impact motorhead has had both directly and indirectly is pretty immense. And like some of my favorite bands took from motorhead very liberally, you know, um, and we're able to do so much with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's just a lot to be said about them. So yeah, they, they deserve it. Um, uh, thank you to everyone bleeds with that. Um, ah, man, I just, I get kind of weird about it because when I put those records on the last time I did a dive on Ace of Spades, I was at Zion national park. Yeah. And I was just listening to that record just basically like, yo, let me throw this on. I'm going to listen top to bottom, you know? And I was like, holy shit. Like, it's just so, so good. And it had been a while. It had been a few years since I, like, just sat with the whole record. And, um, you know, it just it just hits so hard. Um, and it's sort of one of those things. I'm sure there was a point for you where Motorhead was regular rotation, yeah. whatever it was. Um, same for me, but it was a long time ago. And yeah. now when I revisit those records, I'm like, damn. That's what I'm like, saying. I mean, it's probably been 10 years since I listened to Ace of Spades. Yeah. 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 I mean, it had been at least five before I just put it on um, this past year and I was just loving it. So um, connecting to Sacrifice from 1995, <laughs> uh, Mike on Instagram said, yo, and we, we got somebody who corrected us on the pronunciation of this. The Black Sabbath record from 1990, Tire? Tear? I thought it was Tire, but I don't uh, know. Yeah, so, yo, Tire, Tear rules, <laughs> WTF. Um, do you disagree? I mean, 
it definitely doesn't rule, but <laughs> it's I mean, it's probably not as bad as you think. Okay, so the Black Sabbath record in question is called Tear. Yo, Tear rules. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> you think it objectively does not rule? Uh, yeah. I think I we got to do it. I, I, right. I have to, I'll have to revisit it, but you know, all I, right, I'm making a list. I'm making a list. Where's my pen? Here's my pen. All right. I mean, if so, a record truly rules, there would be people like clamoring like, about it. At yeah. All. Talking Yo, about it. I think in most any people way. Who like black Sabbath don't even know this record exists. Uh, that's probably true. Wrong? Most people who like black Sabbath probably only think that like, you know, like sold our souls exists. <laughs> Yo. So, um, Oh, she might be upset, but I, I will. I'll blow her up. Uh, my son <laughs> reads a book uh, called Catstronauts. It's like a series. Um, there's a lot of these kids' books that are pretty cool. They're like kind of graphic novel or comic book format. Really good. He's in first grade, going into second, so really good. He, he's an excellent reader. He loves it. Um, loves Dogman. Uh, loves all these other books. You know, um, Dogman's at a certain level. This book, Catstronauts is one of the most boring things I've ever read in my life. There's no jokes. There's no payoff. It's like got all these like zany things like, oh, there's a cat named Waffles. He loves waffles and eating. And you'd think like maybe something silly or zany is going to happen. No, it's like the most vanilla thing I've ever read. Both me and, and my, my significant other talk about like, yo, we should just get into doing these kids books because it's so easy. Like this is crazy. This is Lola. Long story short, two of the characters in the book are Elvis and Ozzy. Ah. So, uh, significant other was like, oh, yeah, you know where those names come from. Elvis is a famous musician. Da, da, da. Oh, and Ozzy is too. And I go, I stop because I realize she says that. And I'm like, hey, uh, what, what band is Ozzy Osbourne from? And she looked petrified at me because <laughs> I was already sort of laughing like uh oh she might not know and so she's like uh, um uh, I want to oh man if I get this wrong and she's like I was like yo if you get this wrong yeah I'm gonna like tell this is like every hey everybody you know like I'm gonna make this show she's like I want to say Black Sabbath and I was like yes so so she knew but uh, it was nice. close. It was close. All right. So I'm writing this down. Motorhead would have been, been better if she didn't know. Oh my God. Respect. I would have loved it. Yeah. I would have loved it. Uh, Motorhead three album comparison. And then Tire. Um, Black tier. South. Sorry. Yeah, please. We just did the Norse pronunciation on uh, YouTube. It's Tear. Black Sabbath. Tear. All right. We're getting real, real guitar rock here, guys. As, we're, as we're, is our want. We're about to lose all of our followers. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? Um, again, behind the, the, the curtain thing that we've seen, listens kind of fluctuate based on the episode, which makes sense because some people are listening just every episode. We can see that. And then there's some people who drop in and drop out. And it's kind of like we, we know that. That's kind of the format here, right? We've seen more success, it seems like, on some of the 90s records. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if that is going to carry over to tier, but I guess we'll see <laughs> <laughs> when people think nineties, I have to assume they don't think black Sabbath, 
but yeah, we'll see. Yes, yes, I don't. Well, no, no more tears. Oh, yo, was <laughs> that was, a low key was... shot? Oh, maybe. No more tears. I don't. No chance. But it's a funny joke. It'd be great. All right, we got some more feedback. Speaking of the '90s, but but not the '90s today. '90s band. So uh, weeks and weeks back, we covered the most recent Hum album, Inlet. Yes. Um, and actually, since we covered that album, uh, yeah. the drummer passed away. So um, R.I.P. to him. I yeah, do not uh, remember. Brian um, St. Pierre, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So really sad news. I was actually very excited to see them with uh, play these songs at some point. But um, you well, know. And, and I'm pretty sure um, I don't know if he was on the new record. I can't remember if he is or not. I believe he was. Was he on the new record? Oh boy! Well, I think I think I think I, th- I think it was tough to tell because they didn't really have. Uh, yep, you're right. It is the final album to feature original drummer Brian St. Pierre. Yeah. So it's hard to tell if they're planning to continue forward. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, R.I.P. As you said. So uh, let's get Great to the drummer. feedback. Yeah. Oh, incredible, right? Um, but yeah, so we got some feedback from this we're gonna keep it fairly short with this one but jeremy on instagram hit us up and said i hope you two are able to give a few listens to downward is heavenward um which was the hum album before inlet he said while still sounding very much of a time the 90s obviously and feeling longer despite being shorter than inlet there are some great moments throughout and those moments hit hint at at the brilliance that was to come um so yeah, that's cool. It actually made me, I think both you and I had heard downward is heavenward before, but not for a while and definitely not kind of as a direct comparison to inlet. Um, so yeah, good idea. I'm definitely going to revisit it. Yeah. I, um, I don't even know how much time I've spent with it at all, but, um, this comment from, from Jeremy was exactly um, what what a good buddy of mine, Mick, said. He who's a home is his favorite band. I'm pretty sure. He said that hey, you guys are missing it. Downward is heavenward is the diehard fan, uh, like Universal. This is their best record. Wow. So, yeah. Interesting. So, so I don't know that we'll do this record anytime soon, but maybe we should put it on the back burner, like something to keep in mind. Yeah, it'll be there. Yeah, so I, I, I and I, I've, I've actually gone back to Inlet a few times, and um, just a cr- really cool record. And the example, like I've talked about this in other places, but and we might have talked about it on this episode. I'm so impressed when bands can take an extended break and come back and put together something that not only is a continuation of sound, but is not stagnant. At the same time, it feels like an evolution that is still faithful to what the band started as. And that's just a very impressive thing. Absolutely. Okay. So next thing, we didn't get any feedback on this, but I'm just going to put this out there. We did an episode on the Feelies album, The Good Earth. Yes. And I, we got no feedback. And, you know, that's cool. I mean, part of, like, <laughs> like, like, like like Bob mentioned, I mean, part of this podcast is us kind of figuring out, like, what resonates with, with, with you guys, with the audience, with the people who are going down the rabbit holes. But, yo, listen to the feelies. They're great. Yeah. That's yo, all I'm going to say. I got private feedback from a friend who listens who said, uh, echoed very much my sentiment. So I think that's why they're 
telling me this. They're like, yeah, actually, um, because that first Feelys record, when we did that, that's back in the uh, prehistoric times um, where uh, the podcast was called, it came from New Jersey. Um, but the record we did covered was Crazy Rhythms, their first record, their first album. Um, it's awesome. And I know we turned a few people onto that. Girdearth is really cool. And I've actually, I haven't sat with it much since, but I felt like it was a fun, interesting continuation from Crazy Rhythms. And and if you, for some reason, tuned in and did check out Good Earth, I'd say go backtrack and listen to Crazy Rhythms and see if you might feel that one a little better. Absolutely. Co-signed. Co-signed. All right. So an episode we did get a bunch of feedback on was the My Bloody Valentine episode, uh, which makes sense. I got a bunch of little comments from people. Uh, Big thanks to anybody who listens to this, obviously. Um, But we did get a comment from Stefan on MBV, the reunion record. Am I right about that? Reunion. We did did a... Yeah, that was the reunion record. Well, we kind of just talked MBV in general. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. So you can see. uh, um, (laughs) I'm like, I'm seeing the note and saying MBV. we got a lot of feedback from different listeners who I think uh, uh, are, are maybe write this down. People like it when we just talk about bands they love. So that's good. True. Um, so Stefan said, the first time I heard Loveless was in the mid 2000s. I was around 13 in the car on the way to a sleepover where I would set off my first M80. I think I made it to the track sometimes before turning it off, probably to listen to Alkaline Trio instead. I was confused why all the instruments sounded so washy and indistinct, and I did not like it at first. But I went back to it, and it clicked for me soon thereafter. Loveless was also my go-to album to put on while having sex in college. I lived in a crazy (laughs) co-op with 20 housemates and very thin walls. Yo, um, I like this one because it's so functional. Yeah. Practical application of Loveless. Absolutely. Wall of sound. Is that a good sex record? I think it works. It can be it, it, can, it can be a little chaotic at times. Depends on the vibe, I guess. But but maybe the music sets the vibe. Yeah, I think it does. I, I mean, to me, I'm going more rhythm, like rhythm. I'm going more rhythm. I'm going more R and B. Yeah, like I mean, maybe maybe you get harder in there, but like. I, I think he's I think what Stefan is using it for is that wall of sound effect. Yeah, I think it's strictly to, you know, cover up uh, whatever the noise is, but I I imagine <laughs> if you're if you're like, hey, you mind if I put some music on and then only shallow kicks in, it's it might be a little intense. <laughs> um a, a mutual friend of ours uh was roommates with other friends of ours and um we were children. I think I was 19, so um our the friend who I'm speaking of was uh, maybe 18. I, maybe I was 20 and he was 18. I think that's the age way. Um, but anyways, long story short, Pete, he came over and had brought home a woman who he was excited to hang out with in his bedroom on the other side of the house. So um, me and his roommate, who we were all good friends, uh, decided to put on the song very loudly, Feel Like Making Love by... <laughs> bad company and um then when the song ended we put it on again at which point mutual friend came stomping into the room was like can you guys uh fucking stop please 
and we did we did oblige because the joke ran its course so um i don't think that loveless would have the same effect no no so shout out to shout out to crazy co-ops with 20 housemates what's the what's the most amount of people you've ever lived with uh, I lived in a college dorm, so I don't know how you count that, but oh. that, that, that was probably How it. many people were on your floor? Oh, geez. I mean, I have to imagine a hundred, maybe. Fuck that, man. Never lived in a college dorm. Um, lived in New Brunswick. Lived in New Brunswick in a college, you know, basically a frat house of, of weirdos. Um, with seven people? That's a um, lot. One dude who I'm pretty sure is in the IDF now in Israel. Uh, one dude who collected all the money, who uh, did well on the black market in New Brunswick with college kids and paid all his rent in 20s. And uh, <laughs> and me, who lived in a small box of a room. Um, but the rent was like 300 bucks, so no complaints. That works. It works. All right. Um, At a certain point in your life, it works. Oh yeah, yeah. When I was nineteen, fantastic. Now that you got the lawn gloves, not working. No way. Lawn gloves mean I'm maxing out uh, with adults in my home as being my significant other. Children, well, we got two, so you got to do it. All right. What else do we have on my bloody Valentine? So next one, Chris uh, hit us on Instagram about my bloody Valentine and said, "I agree that my bloody Valentine probably wouldn't be remembered as much without Loveless, but for a while I stuck with isn't anything way more because the hits on that album were way catchier for a guy who still mostly listened to punk rock, but also had interest had interest in the distorted beauty, quote unquote, in its guitar sound. So yeah, hmm. I mean, I thought that was interesting just cuz I I revisited isn't anything for that episode and honestly it just didn't hit me the way that it used to. Um, I think it has a few tracks. I mean, um, Feed Me With Your Kiss, um, You Made Me Realize. I mean, there are definitely songs on that record, but I don't know. For me, I guess it, it it's not as strong as Loveless in any way, but I definitely, I guess I feel what he's saying about the, the punk element there where it does feel it definitely just feels different from loveless in that respect. It feels more punk. So yeah, cool. Good feedback for sure. I had a, uh, a side feedback as well on that where the, uh, buddy Brian from Cleveland said, good listen, but you made me realize EP is all tracks. Yeah. And it took them like 10 years to get into loveless. So, um, you made me realize is a good starting point and bridges being tuneful and noisy. So I was, um, and he, they said, uh, that they may actually like, you made me realize more than loveless overall, but it's only five songs. Yeah. I mean, you made me realize, and I mean, the EP is great, but that's even just that song is like, like all time best song of that era even. So I feel it. I feel it. All right. Take us away. So next we're record, moving, we're, we're, we're sailing to a, a brave new world here. Yeah. So this was a few weeks away or a few weeks ago. Um, Iron Maiden's 2000 reunion record, brave new world, um, which they actually announced a new record today, which I'm very excited about comes out in August or comes out in September. Um, another triple album. So Another triple album. yeah, they've, they've followed, right. they've, they've, they've followed up their first triple album of all time with a second triple album. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Oh boy. 
but uh mick hit us up on instagram and said Uh quote he said a half star because it is technically still music (laughs) 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 he said iron maiden is just so not my thing i couldn't get past the third or fourth song so yo mick thank you for trying to listen along with us we appreciate the effort um obviously as you know i'm a maiden stan yeah so i recommend you give it another go but you know it's not for everybody so i feel you what did i rate that record do you remember i think he gave it a two and a half oh okay maybe a three let's see i'm gonna pull it up let's see all right uh yeah you gave it you no i gave it a three and you gave it a three that's weird yeah damn because yeah, that was, I mean, I, think that, I was probably that was still I was being gentle. I think it's really a two for me. It did, you know what? I got to be fair. I think I was pretty honest on the episode. Iron Maiden just echoing this, not totally my thing. I like some of the early hits in the way that it's like, oh, this is a song I've known for a while, and there's some of the music that I really, really get down with. The vocals lose me at certain parts. For a record, I mean, what what is this their, what record is this? Is Brave New World their like 15th album, 20th? I can't I remember. 12th. 12th, yeah. I mean. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, good good on them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Ken then hit us up on Instagram, who, um, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. I know he's a big Maiden fan and an even bigger Kiss fan. Um. And he said, this is a top 10 Maiden album. Um, ask my eight-year-old son who adores it. Um, yo, cool. You know? Yeah, I mean, shout I, out. I said, I said maybe top 10. I don't remember what I said in you the episode. You said maybe top 10. Maybe. It might be. Yeah, it's like, I it's, mean, if it's, it's their right 12th there. record, it's, it's, that's not a good sign that's top 10. You know, like, like I think we got to say is a top five. And I don't know that anyone's putting it top five. Yeah, nobody is. <laughs> okay. Except, um, except for maybe Ken's son. Oh, that's a good question. Ooh, that's a good question. All right. So we'll reach out to Ken and find out what his son thinks. And here's my question for you. I know you're Maiden over Kiss. Yes. Is Ken Maiden over Kiss? I would think that he is, just based on my conversations with him. I think he would be too. But Ken, please feed, give us some feedback. I am a Kiss over Maiden guy by a lot. But Wow. Oh, God. Fuck. It's not close, man. Fuck. Not close. Fuck I know. That. Fuck that. No. What's, what's, what's your go-to kiss? Uh, kiss Alive too. Fair. It's so good. So good. Um, had a funny conversation on Axe to Grind podcast with my buddy Patrick, buddy Tom, about uh, Cheap Trick live at Budokan and how important that record was for the band. I think Kiss Alive and Alive 2 are just as important as, for Kiss as any of their studio albums. Oh yeah, definitely. <sighs> I agree. I mean, I, I mean, I think that you can say that of a lot of bands of that era. I mean, we've mentioned Motorhead before. I think you could say that for Priest. You could say that for Maiden. I think you can say oh. that for a lot of those bands. It's yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Hmm. Who else? What's the yeah, yeah? There's a, there's a bunch. Um, Frampton, Peter Frampton. Frampton comes alive. Yep. Yep definitive all right anyways <laughs> let's let's keep going um we got a ton a ton a ton of feedback from ours volta de so shout out to everybody on this one 
I had a lot of people who hit me about it on the side. Some who were very confused. A lot of like, you don't like this band. Um, so <laughs> it's all good. I appreciate it. Uh, Bjorn hit us and said, this is a band for talented musicians. Not for me. Reminds me of seeing them live and walking out after 20 minutes because it was just too much to take. Yo, this is how you know that our, our listener Bjorn is not just a big music fan, but a patient person. Yeah. Because 20 minutes is, is a nice amount of time to take it in before you go, okay, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, let's be realistic here. How, Bob, if you are watching a show, how long do you give a band? Typically? Okay. Um, Yo, that's a fantastic question. I mean, wow. let's assume, let's assume this is a place that, like, you know, there's like a bar downstairs or something. Yeah, bar where downstairs can, like, somewhere I can go to. and talk to people, do something. Yeah. Um, you probably have five minutes if you're interesting or at least energetic. You might get eight minutes. I think that's yeah. I'm, you know I, what I mean? Like you. at ten minutes, if you're not, if you don't have me, I'm out. I'm just like especially like you said you have the option to escape that is a big thing if i'm trapped in there you might even have less time because i'm just going to figure it out and be like oh man like i'm feeling pained <laughs> yeah like I'll, I'll escape to my phone maybe but uh if i have a place to go yeah you, you might have you might have eight minutes you might even have less what about you i agree with you yeah totally um, although I'll go the opposite. If I, I, I always feel weird about using my phones in, in certain situations. The same, buddy. So, I get so, it. I so get like, it. so I'll, I'll, I, I can usually find something interesting, even if I completely dislike the music. So I'll just, I don't know. I'll kind of tune out. And small just, like, room, watch small them. room, tough. Cause you don't want to be the person on the phone. Yeah. Big room. You got a bar, you got somewhere to wander. Ooh. Yeah. No, if there's a bar, I give it five minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, Hit me with this next comment. This is pretty good. So I only listened to the demo tape on Instagram, hit us up and said, I actually still like this album very much. It's the only Mars Volta album I listened to after at the drive and broke up. The drumming is fantastic and it has some really fantastic melody and arrangements. But the one time I saw them live, I was like, come on guys, don't take yourselves too seriously and play the songs at least a little bit as you have recorded them. Um, so I feel that. And what he's referring to here is the fact that when, I don't know when he saw them, but when I saw them, it was kind of D Louse in the comatorium era. And then I saw him after that, but it same thing applies in both circumstances where they would basically take a, say eight minute song, which is already long by most people's, you know, measures. And then the jammy, the quote unquote jammy part that they had on the record, they would often stretch out to anywhere from five to 10 to sometimes 20 minutes. Um, which if you're kind of a super fan, which I might fall in that category. Okay. It ends up being cool because you listen to the live recordings and you listen to the jams and you're, and you then hear those jams on later records so they were actually like working shit out in real time that they later recorded which in a way i think is is is, is interesting uh -huh. but 
I've then gone back now, actually since we <laughs> recorded that episode, and I watched a few live sets. Yeah. And dude, some of those jams are brutal, man. Because like, like even I think it's uh, uh, the first song on on Deloused. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's like the hit. It's the Mars Volta hit. Yes, yes, yes. It's and it's also one of the more like kind of time efficient songs where it's like four minutes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There are sets where they stretch that out into like a like a torturous like twenty five minutes. Yeah, sonnet. No, uh, uh, is that uh, inertiatic? Yeah, inertiatic ESP. ESP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, it's so it's total because you're just because waiting a- for them to get back to that part that you know, and they just they just they they just go on and on and on. And some sometimes it's an interesting jam, but other times you're just like, this is like it's going nowhere, guys. Yeah. You know. I mean, so this part, this gets me just listening to you talk about that made me feel anxious um, <laughs> because, yeah, that's tough when it's a song you like and perhaps it's the reason you're there or seeing a version of that. Like, I'm actually pretty into that. I, I, I like the idea of songs being able to live in different spaces and be performed different. Like, I, I hate, I never want an artist to be trapped, especially on a live thing, especially for a commercial appeal thing where it's like, no play the hits, man. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's not the energy. Never, never, never. But if the jam isn't doing it, if people aren't feeling it, I could see how that'd be a bummer and it's okay. Cause like, yo, uh, you don't have to separate art from artist in this respect where Yo, you can love the artist, you can love the art they've made, but you might choose, hey, going to see them live? Nah, not into it because I don't like what they do live. And yeah. that's just the way it is. Totally fair. All right. Um, Matt on Instagram hit on what we discussed a little bit. Do we hit this on the episode or do we do this off air? Um, but I talked about this with a couple of drummers and Matt said, a drummer's album. And I couldn't agree more. I think, I think Pete, you're a drummer, so you can take this and and shove it up my butt if you want. But I think (laughs) at points this can grab a drummer's ear or somebody who's more focused on percussion or looking for that interest. Cause it is really, really an interesting listen. Even if you don't like it, I don't like the record. Very interesting. Listen, depending on what you're listening for. And if you're a drummer, there's a lot going on here that you might be able to overlook some of the parts that I might've had qualms with because you're like, yeah, but, but like, listen to what they're doing with this. There's a lot of different time signatures. There's a lot of different little tricks that they're doing. There's songs where we're very non drummers can pick up on what the drums are doing and go, yo, that's cool. And I haven't heard other bands do that. So, Absolutely. Um, and actually a good follow up. John on Instagram hit us up and said, I love this album, but it's like a modern day rush record. Not for everybody, but for all drummers. Um, so there's a theme here um, between the people that hit us up about it and conversations I had offline. But yeah, I mean, I'm a drummer, as you mentioned. Um, if John Theodore on that record was not playing on it, I might have not been as interested as I was at the time and might not still be as interested. Um, but Mars Volta, definitely a drummer's band, not just John Theodore, but uh, Thomas Pridgen, 
who played on Bedlam and Goliath and Octahedron. Oh, he is a, wow. he's a, he is a monster man. And I've, I've sent, I actually ended up getting into a discussion with my good friend, Derek after this episode, um, because he was just like gushing about, he's a drummer and he yep. was just gushing about John Theodore. And I was like, dude, have you watched any footage of them with Thomas Pridgen? And he was like, and he, he's been like binging it ever since. So, um, definitely a drummer band. Um, yeah. which is cool. If you're a drummer, if you're not, it might be torturous. I don't know. I love it. All right. So another record we did not that long ago, Voivod, Outer Limits. Um, Had a couple of different people hit us on this. A lot of different feedback. Uh, Some people, huge fans. Some people, not into it at all. But I will say, this is one that we got a lot of people who I think just did the exercise with us, which was cool. You know, like... They had never heard it. They were just like, fuck it. I'm going to listen to this on my run or whatever. So, yo, hats off. Hats off. And I want to say this because I wasn't gentle to this record, I don't think. There are really, really good Voivod records. And maybe this is one of them for you. You know, um, if you did like this record, great, great, great. Very happy. I- I've talked about, I'm not super familiar with a lot of them, but um, Killing Technology is awesome. Warren Payne has some moments, uh, and I just I hope that people um, go back. Nothing Face has some moments too, actually, and check these records out. I was given some really cool uh, feedback that I'll get to this email, but let me find this because this was too good not to share. Um, because we were hit by a listener who knew someone from Montreal who knew the band and said, Hey, um, they asked like, what do you think of the, of outer limits? And they said, uh, not their best work, which just the background on this person, a very polite person. So saying not their best work was as close as they could go to shitting on it. As you can imagine (laughs) this person, but the quote was, it was an obligation record before being dropped. They previously did a headlining tour after Nothing Face with Soundgarden and Faith No More. Both bands blew up. They didn't. The label was pissed. Oof. Right. Very interesting. So, like, that's inside baseball stuff. Who knows how true that is? Who knows what 30 years have done to that information? But thank you to the person who shared that as well as that info. We had a message from one of our favorites, Dave. Dave Martin, what up, buddy? Um, Bob, you mentioned some warehouse guys jamming Voivod, and I say that Voivod is a great warehouse band as they are a vibe-first sort of band, filling that space but not taking away from the tasks of a warehouse. True. Uh, Even though you, Bob mostly, make multiple claims of butt rock, I don't really hear it that way. Piggy's guitar playing is just too weird and also maybe because Voivod were so outside of that scene that I never connected that their cleaned up sounds with any of the more obvious commercial metal slash butt rock bands. I mean, they were never really a band that hooked you with a riff. They kind of bludgeoned you with all they had and created worlds for you to get lost in if you stuck around. I would s- still say that the remain true as they eased out of extreme metal into whatever people might want to tag this music as there is a 12 inch of Jack luminous and another track off of the record. (laughs) Hopefully someone will buy it for Bob. Dave, thank you. I do hope someone buys that for me. Already Um, ordered. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I hear 
like I just don't know where this record fits into it. I can I can understand what he says about the guitar playing being weird. It's the production on the guitar sound on this that just I don't love it. Um, in discussion, I think I might have referenced on the episode saying that it sounds like Epitaph production on the guitars. It's more like Cruise Records, which is the all <laughs> label, and um, that's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, it's all, but I could even reference, geez, uh, band Sophomore, um, Sophomore Jinx. What's the, the band? Uh, sheesh, I'm, I'm losing it. But there's basically, it had production of bands that were like snowboard rock. <laughs> and, and you're right, most of that doesn't hit butt rock. But it's kind of close. Um, all of Lawn is the band I was thinking of. It's it's close to that. And and there's parts of All of Lawn that make me think about Weird Poison Idea. Uh, wow. But then there's other parts that lose me. You know. Um, I like the snowboard music reference. I do feel like songs from uh, Outer Limits could have been on any snowboard video I was watching in the '90s or like early 2000s. Totally, totally. And I mean, to be honest, I wish it was something from you know Killing Technology. But um, I look forward to hearing the 12 inch of Jack Luminous and another track off the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave, I'm thank buying, you. I'm buying that Jack Luminous 12 inch. Big fan of that song. Nice. All right. Uh, you, um, you hit us with the next. Jimmy on Instagram hit us and said, honestly, I enjoyed this record. I threw it on when I went for a run yesterday before I listened to the podcast. I'm largely, uh, largely unfamiliar with a lot of their material, but it's got me wanting to check out more. Cool. Um, co-signed Bob on saying check out killing technology for sure. Um, and nothing face as well. Yeah. Um, and then finally on, on this record. And by the way, we had to, we actually like, <laughs> so, so there's certain parts of this podcast and Pete, I'm, I'm, I think we both collectively share some stuff and then don't share some other stuff. Thank you so much to everybody. This is like so exciting to hear this kind of feedback. Um, Larry, who's a buddy of ours, mutual friend of the podcast, uh, said on Instagram, Mars Volta is all cocaine and pretense. Given the proper context, Outer Limits is simply misguided. Then he goes on to say, many of the things you cited as problematic, i.e. butt rock, were present from day one, just in a way different context. So that's interesting. And I actually like, do we start a chat with Dave and Larry to decipher and kind of point out some of the parts and pull it apart? Because Larry is a Voivod super fan who I believe I'm putting it down on our list. We've talked about it. We're going to have Larry come on and do a Voivod episode with us. Yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, because he is a super fan to the point where we had a very extended conversation off the air about it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think he might have. It's like a good teaser. Like the problematic parts were presents from day one, just in a way different context. Coming up next, <laughs> I after know. These ads. I, love I really, it. I really like that context because it it makes me want to go back and listen to you know even Killing Technology say with like with that ear you know like where yeah. are the butt rock parts yeah. but yeah cool all right well let's get get to the the last feedback section on this one this has been fun yeah uh, but so this is this is an episode that i think generated a lot of conversation 
Yeah, I was honestly shocked. Uh, so that the last last week's episode, um, or not last week, two weeks ago, um, Allison Chain's episode "Dirt," um, the album "Dirt." Sorry, um, that got so much more feedback than I thought it was going to get. Um, I really didn't know, you know, how many people were going to respond to it, but lots of people that are super psyched on Alice in Chains to this day. Um, and we're really excited about this record. Even, even friends of mine who I know are not like regular listeners, you know, tuned in for this one and we're excited about it. So, um, thank you everyone who listened and gave us feedback. But, um, the first, um, thing here from Thomas on Instagram hit us and said, this was one of my first loves in rock when I was like 12 um, 98 rock in Baltimore played the shit out of this, the singles for this album in the early to mid two thousands. I credit this album for starting my love of heavy guitar music. And I thought this was a good, uh, some good feedback because, uh, it, it reminded me of kind of what I felt about it being someone that was unfamiliar with it, just how heavy it is. Um, I really yeah. had no idea. And, uh, I definitely see how someone could hear this early on and then be like, Hey, like, all right, I like that heavy sound. Like what, what else do I listen to now? You know? So that was cool. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah. And, and this record, um, lots of, lots of side feedback. I got, um, someone who was hitting me and saying, yo, um, I haven't visited, sat with Allison James in a long time. And I totally forgot how much this is drug music and how dark the record is. Yeah. And, uh, yo, it, it was dark at the time. And then when you get the context of everything now, it's like, oh, shit. Um, but not everyone felt that way. Because Chris on Instagram, he just gave us a puke emoji. Which is actually popular feedback uh for 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 a lot of the records that we cover i think i think it was dave martin um but he i i believe he emailed us simply with the puke emoji but it was in reference to the mars volta record oh bless Um, up dave so uh so yeah i mean if if that's how you feel hit us you know we love puke emoji Yeah. yeah valid feedback valid feedback but on the flip side uh, Christian hit us on Instagram and said 4.5. That's his, uh, his star rating. Nice. He said game changing record in my opinion. So yeah, yeah, I mean, big record for a lot of people. Really big, really big. Um, uh, had people t- saying, Hey, listen to this song by my band, direct rip, listen to this. Oh my God. You know, um, Allison chains dirt is a really good record. It's probably, um, it's probably one of my favorite records that we've covered. I'm not sure what really compares. I also know this was one that was a re-listen for a lot of people. And uh, and I got feedback that the way we presented it and compared it to some of the other you know, big bands of the grunge wave it started framing it differently for people, you know, and, and really thinking about like, wait, this band really stood on their own in a lot of ways. So, so I was pretty happy with that and I was really excited to get that kind of feedback. Um, what do you got here? What's this, this last part? One, just, just last thing. I mean, this Alice in Chains really was one that I like am genuinely going to go back and listen to the other records. Um, and yeah. I've actually revisited dirt since, 
Yeah, um, it's, it's a good record. <laughs> dude, good record, man. Fuck. I can't believe I missed out all these years. But that's why this podcast is fun. Oh, yo. It's it's so, it's, it's, it's great for, for I mean, yo, like the conversation's super fun. But I also um, you know, and a quick note before we I think there's a couple more Alice and Chains things. But last week we did an episode on the band Deeper. Um the band Deeper, the record Auto Pain, current band, sort of something we don't do all that often or newer records. But uh, I got hit up by a friend and listener, Sam, who said, hey, uh, I hadn't heard of this before. Checked it out. Love it. Thank you. And that was kind of one of those like, cool. Exposing people to new music is one of the big goals of this. So uh, thank you to everybody who who gave us any kind of feedback like that. Absolutely. Um, so going along with the Alice in Chains episode, we did some polls on Instagram. Another reason to follow us at TracksPod. Yeah, um, love, love polls. So Bob, we're going to play a little game that we like to play here. <sighs> where, love games. Um, we compared, we basically gave a poll between Alice in Chains and other Alice popular Chains bands of against, the time. Yeah. Um, I am going to give you the the verses, you know, the yes. Alice in Chains versus which band, and you tell me the percentage. Okay, and I'll say, yep, I'll, I'll give what percentage I think chose Alice in Chains. Yep. Okay. First yes. one. Yes. Alice in Chains versus Pearl Jam. Okay. Just thinking about our listenership and thinking about how much they liked Alice in Chains, I'm going 73% Alice in Chains. Very close. 64% Alice in Chains. Ooh, ooh, lower than I thought. Okay, good. Love to hear that there's some Pearl Jam fans out there. All right. Pearl Jam fans are out there. Next one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Alice okay. in Chains versus Nirvana. Okay. We this have a big one. I know. I think there's just so many Nirvana stands out there. I'm gonna only give Allison Chains twenty percent. You're gonna be surprised, Bob. Oh, okay. It was almost fifty-fifty. Really? Okay. Allison Chains did lose, but it was fifty-two percent Nirvana. Wow! And on a after an Allison Chains focused episode, I would love to see it broken down. Like Dirt First, never mind. Dirt First in Utero. Dirt First Bleach. I have a feeling that people are going to take Nevermind over Dirt. Man, that's an interesting question. I, I, how would you answer that? Nevermind versus Dirt. Uh, I mean, I, I just I have so much more history with Nevermind that I, I have to go Nevermind. Although right. I will say that Alice in Chains Dirt was much more exciting to me to listen to. Um, I guess. You know, if we were to do a like a fresher never, though, right? Yeah, yeah, if we were to do a Nevermind episode, like I know it so well. Yep. Like there, there are certain songs on Nevermind that still are exciting, like Territorial Pissings or something. I think still oh. kicks ass, but but yeah, uh, it does. most most of the other songs I've heard so many times that like I I appreciate it for what it is. Like if I'm asked, like I love that record, but like. I listen. To, I, I listen to Nirvana live at this point. I think they would. I think they were like a live band more than anything. Mm, I like that. I, I, I think. I, I think my answer is probably the same. So much history with Nevermind. I had Dirt, you know, but it feels fresher, and it's 
Dirt is a great record. I'm taking it over Bleach easy. I'm taking it over In Utero by a smaller margin than maybe people would think. But um, like I think we should do a Nirvana In Utero episode to just peel that record apart. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so pretty close. Nirvana nudged him out, but I'm surprised by that. All right. All right. And I thought it was going to be a blowout. You would think. Okay. Last one. Alice in Chains versus Soundgarden. All right. So I'm going to do some, you know, I've been playing the game. It was 64% for Alice in Chains versus Pearl Jam. 48% for Nirvana. So Nirvana won. I think Alice in Chains is going to beat Soundgarden 60%. Bob, Alice in Chains beat Soundgarden 73%. Whoa. Okay. Man, all right. I was surprised by this one. I think Soundgarden has not gotten their flowers. I don't think... uh, I don't think there's the appreciation for Soundgarden that that Alice in Chains gets now. Um, Pearl Jam has a steady fandom. Obviously, Nirvana is Nirvana. I think Soundgarden might get pushed out of the off the mountain. I mean, it certainly seems like it. Hate to see it. Okay, yo, this was super fun. Um, as always, thank you to everyone who has been checking us out and search for tracks podcast, follow us at tracks pod on Instagram and Twitter, email us trackspod at gmail.com. Pete, any closing comments? Thanks for listening. <laughs>